What is going on? Welcome back to the Matt Graham Podcast. Today we are answering questions once again. Another solo episode. We're going to have some guests in here soon, but I want to make sure that I'm posting regular podcasts. So if that means that I have to turn my camera on, turn my microphone on, sit down for 30 to 45 minutes and answer some of your questions, then I'm happy to do that. I want to make sure we're getting long form content out there because while the short form content is nice, I think it's important that we... Uh, answer things at length because life is complicated. Life, you know, sometimes requires answers that are more than 30 to 45 seconds long. And, you know, so that's what we're going to do. With that being said, if you want to submit a question for episodes like this, you can either leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube, or you can go to notmattgram.com and submit a question there. With that being said, please submit specific questions, detailed questions. Please do not send me questions like, what do you think I should do if I'm 15 years old? That is a, that is a, I need so much more context in order to properly answer that question. What do you think I should do? I'm like, I don't know, like go to the gym. I think everybody should be doing that. But like, what are you trying to do with your life? Are you trying to get a job? Are you trying to start a business? Are you trying to go to college? Like, what are you trying to do? And so there's so much context that's needed to answer these questions like as good as I can possibly answer them. So when you submit a question, feel free to write a paragraph if you want to. I'm happy to read it all. It's going to give me the most context and it's going to allow me to give the best possible answer. So with that being said, notmattgram.com, that is where you can submit your questions. And without further ado, let's dive into these questions. Question number one, do you believe that most individuals have the characteristic of being self-aware and are just too lazy to change? Or do they even see issues with their attitude slash dead-end path they're going down in life? This is a very interesting question because I think the answer is kind of both. You know, there are some people that totally see something wrong with what they're doing and they don't care and they're just too lazy to fix it or they have no idea at all. They're completely lacking self-awareness. And I think that how the degree to which you are aware of your behavior is entirely dependent on how far you are down the rabbit hole. And so I'll give an example, right? When I was, let's say, smoking a lot of weed and playing a lot of video games and not being a contributing member to society and not pulling my weight as a human being, uh, the, the further that I was into these things, the further that I was indulging in these vices, the less of a problem it seemed like, the more normal it seemed. You know, for like right now, if I were to play an entire day of video games, like I would feel like such a piece of trash. Or if I had an, a cheat day where I ate only the worst foods that I could possibly think of, three years ago, that was relatively normal. That wasn't anything that was out of the blue. I didn't feel like a total piece of trash. I mean, I did, but I didn't like, I, I didn't have that guilt or that shame that came along with, you know, being a weaker version of myself or indulging in these vices because it was just normal. And I think that level of self awareness comes with more discipline. So like if you are regularly eating healthy and you have a cheat day, that cheat day is going to stick out a lot more. But if your norm is cheat days and then you have a healthy day, well, the healthy day is going to stick out a whole lot more. And so it really depends on where your bar is, is at currently. If you are in a position where you are just completely down the rabbit hole and you are not doing anything positive with your life and you're only indulging in short-term pleasure as well, it's not going to seem that different that you are, that you are, 
indulging in these behaviors because you're so used to it, especially if you were raised in an environment where you, where you weren't told that these things are negative, where you weren't told that these things are detrimental to your future. Um, but if you were raised in a household where you were brought up with discipline, where you were, you know, uh, where you had structure, where you were, you had to eat healthy, whatever the case may be. And you start to deviate from that. You start to deviate from your perception of what is normal. Then it's obviously going to stick out. So the answer to the question is both. I don't think that there's one or the other. I think that is kind of a spectrum, right? Like, and and it depends on where you're at as I've repeated multiple times. So, you know, you could easily be in a place where you're completely self-aware and one cheat day, you know, or one day of playing video games or one day of smoking a bunch of weed and drinking a bunch of alcohol sticks out like a sore thumb. If you keep that up over days and weeks and months, then that self-awareness starts to dim that, that, that feeling of, of sensitivity to negative behavior starts to dim. And, uh, and you become a lot more like the other person who, you know, doesn't see anything wrong with it. It's because it's, it's because it's normal to them. So the answer to that question is kind of both. So I would, I would audit where you're at. You know, if you are in a position where you don't see anything wrong, I don't think you'd be watching this, honestly, if you didn't think, if you didn't think anything was wrong with that behavior, um, you know, but if you're observing your friends, if you're observing your family and you see people that are all the way down that rabbit hole, it's a good thing to be aware of knowing that, you know, you see something very wrong with their behavior. You see something very wrong with the way they're living their life, but they don't because it's, it's so ingrained in who they are. It's, it's so normal to them that you're the weirdo. And that's why, that's why, you know, I, I always tell people like, you don't need to fit in. You don't need to go along with what everyone else wants you to do. And it's okay to be the weirdo because we live in a society where everybody is sick and depressed and overweight and they're miserable and they hate their marriages. They hate their life. And so why would you want to fit in? Why would you, why would you want to be included in that demographic of people? That is the standard. I think Alex Hormozzi says it where like, if you if you live an average life, then you are and I'm going to butcher it here, but like you are massively in debt. You're probably divorced. You're probably overweight. You might be obese. Like, are these things that you actually want to do? Do you actually want to fit within the, the median? Do you actually want to fit within the average? So <clears throat> if you're getting alienated, if you're getting sort of vilified for living a lifestyle that is at like different from the norm, then I wouldn't feel bad about it because quite honestly, you don't want to fit in when everybody's sick and depressed. So it is what it is. Question number two, you posted yesterday about how you don't like to ghost people because all they do is party, hang out, have fun, etc. instead of taking life seriously. I think you should make a full video on this issue as a whole. Like what do you do with friends who only want to hang out, have fun, party, etc. when you want to focus on getting ahead in life? Yeah. So the video that they're referring to is something that I said, I believe, in a locker room call. Um, and that was that relationships aren't black and white. A lot of people on the internet, especially with this like hustle culture and this, you know, lone wolf mentality and monk mode and whatever, people think that relationships are kind of black and white where you either have people in your circle or you have them cut out of your life. And it's not really like that. Relationships are kind of like a spectrum. You can have them at certain distances, right? Like you have people that you 
go to war with. You have your people that you are around every single day that go through the trials and tribulations of life with you. They suffer with you. Those are the closest people to you in your life. Those are the people you can trust. Those are the people you confide in. Those are your people. And then outside of that are the people you see maybe once a week, twice a week. You know, they come by, you see them at work, they're acquaintances. They're not, they come and go. You could, you, you could have them, you could leave them. Like they're not really super mega crucial to your life, but you still interact with them because, you know, you, you don't dislike them. And then you have the people that let's say you call once a month. Maybe you call your, your aunt once a month or you call your cousin once a month. And these are obviously more, it's not once a month. It's just like people that you don't see or talk to on a regular basis. So you, you make an, you, you make an effort to reach out to them every so often, right? You have those people. And then you have the people that you only see at funerals and weddings and basically almost never. And then you have the people that are actually cut out of your life, like not on speaking terms. If you saw them in a room, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't bother going up to them and speaking to them. You have those people. And people think that you either live on opposite ends of those extremes. You either have the people you go to war with every single day, or you have the people that you don't talk to ever. You cut them out of your life. If you were in the room with them, you don't speak to them. And that is just a very naive way of viewing relationships. Because first of all, you don't want to burn bridges that you don't have to like ever. So the, the best way to go about distancing yourself from a negative relationship is just to do exactly that. Just distance yourself. You know, you don't make as much of an effort to connect with them. You don't reach out as often. You don't participate in the same things. And if they don't see much of an issue with that, if they don't really notice or don't start giving you shit for doing it, then cool. You know, you guys, you've managed to distance yourself. You're doing more of your stuff. They're doing more of their stuff. And it is what it is. It's kind of a natural process. A lot of the times with a lot of relationships where people just grow in opposite directions. Um, now where you start to get into the muck with it, where you start to get, uh, where things start to get messy is when you're dealing with people who live a certain lifestyle. They only want to party. They only want to play video games. They only want to do things that are detrimental to themselves and you decide you want to deviate from that. You want to do other things. You want to start bettering yourself. You want to go to the gym. You want to read books. You want to uh, network with people. You want to start a business, whatever, right? You go down the self-improvement path while they just go down the self-destruction path. And they start vilifying you for it. They start giving you shit. They start telling you that, oh, you only care about yourself. What do you think? You're better than everyone's, everyone else? Dude, you should just take a vacation, these are the people that you have to start having certain conversations with and difficult conversations with. And, you know, people will ask me, right? They'll have people in their lives like this where they'll push back on their own personal decisions to do other things with their life. And they're like, should I just cut them out of my life? Should I just, should I just remove them from my life? It's like, no, maybe, maybe actually, maybe, maybe later on, but there are a lot of difficult conversations that you have to have first. And you have to demand respect for yourself because if you just ghost them, well, then you're both, I think you're doing both of you a disservice by doing that. By just ghosting them, you are not giving them the opportunity to speak their mind. You're not giving them a fair shake as a human being. Uh, and, and you're completely missing out on the opportunity to A, learn to have difficult discussions, learn to engage in conflict, 
Okay. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you're missing out on the opportunity to influence them in a positive direction, right? You're missing out on the opportunity to be like, Hey, you know, I don't want to do all these things because they're not making me happy. And I don't think they're making you happy too. And so I'm going to go in this direction and I would love for you to come with me. I would love for you to come to the gym with me sometime. I would love for you to, you know, start work, start reading this book. I think this book would really help you. You're missing out on the opportunity to influence people because you want to be a lone wolf. That's cute. It's cute, dude. So be willing to have the difficult conversations. Be willing to, you know, give people the courtesy of, of having that friction, of having those difficult discussions, because a lot of positive can actually come out of it. Now, if you have these discussions, if you, if you say exactly what I just said, and they continue to vilify you, and they continue to try to be like a crab in a bucket where, you know, you try to get out of the bucket, and they're pulling you back in, and they just want you to continue doing these destructive things, because you not doing those things hold a mirror, holds a mirror up to them and makes them feel bad about themselves, then and only then should you cut off communication. If they are if they are completely disrespectful to your choices and they and and they want you to intentionally destroy yourself when you have explicitly said that you don't want to anymore and they can't respect that, then you have a reason to actually not communicate with them anymore. So Relationships are not black and white. Sometimes, sometimes the best relationships you find are had at a distance. I've had relationships in my life where I can't be super close with people. I can't be in their vicinity on a regular basis just because there's too much butting of heads. There's too much friction. There's too much. Uh, there's, we just live life too differently. We believe in two different things. And that's not a reason to not have a relationship, but it's certainly a reason to not live every day with each other to not be the, they just have, they just have the wrong role in your life. Sometimes you have to take somebody that was in that inner circle going to war with you on a regular basis and then move them to the, you know, you see them once or twice a week. And then you, you realize like, that's the best version of that relationship. Does that make sense? Right? Like I've had relationships where I've literally, you know, been with a person on a regular basis and, they're, they're regularly in my presence and, you know, talking to them every day. And I've had to just be like, okay, let's go from every single day to once a week. And you know what? The relationship was far better off that way. Everybody was happier because we didn't get in each other's way. And so sometimes you have to do that. So I just want to drive this point home that not Every relationship is black and white. Actually, 99% of relationships are not black and white. You can move people around in your life and change how frequently you interact with certain people and change the circumstances in which you interact with people. Like, for example, I have friends that the things we have in common are things that I don't want to do every single day. The things we have in common are activities that I only like to participate in once every three months because I just don't like some, sometimes I need to unplug. Okay. I'm a work guy. I like to work a lot. I like to be focused on what I do. And they like to do, you know, those activities like playing video games or, you know, hanging out and watching sports or whatever. They like to indulge in those activities more and it makes them happy. And that's totally fine. I'm not judging them for, for enjoying those activities because 
They have their job, they watch their sports, they play their video games, and they're happy, and that's fine. I'm just not like that. But when I do want to watch sports, when I do want to hang out, when I do want to play video games, when I do want to unplug, you know who's the first person I call? I call them. I call them and we have a great time because we go way back. We talk about the old days. We talk about, you know, sports. We talk about uh, video games. We, we enjoy each other's company. And then we go back to living our lives. And that's the way it is. And it's great. Now, imagine if I had just been like, you know, you're not really doing the things that I want to do. You're not really, you're really, you know, doing these things that, that are destructive to yourself. So I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Or worse, if I just like completely ghosted him and deleted his number out of my phone and decided that, you know, he was toxic because he liked to play video games more than I do. Like I'm missing out on an entire relationship that I genuinely enjoy. So just take all of this into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about navigating certain relationships because it is not as simple as you're either in or you're out. It is not that simple. The, the people that I know that are like that, that are you're either in or you're out, are the, some of the most miserable people that I know. Because people are people. People are flawed. People make poor decisions. People do things. They change. They evolve over time. And there's friction that comes along with that. There's problems that come along with that. And if you're this person where you're either in or you're out, then guess what? People are going to be out more often than they're in. And you're going to find yourself being extremely lonely. And as much as you want to posture and pretend that you don't need anyone or, or, you know, you, you are a lone wolf. I keep using that term, but like, that's what a lot of people say. And, uh, it's just, it's just a facade. It's just fake. It's completely like, sure. Should you be able to be alone for a short period of time? Yes, sure. But in reality, for an extended period of time, loneliness is what drives human beings mad. It drives them absolutely mad. That is why the most, the most uh, severe punishment in prison is solitary confinement. So as much as you want to pretend that you don't need anybody and you don't need friends and you can be a lone wolf and you're either in or you're out and whatever. You're lying to yourself. You need people. You need connections. You need relationships. It's just the way it is. So stop lying to yourself. Let's get on to question number three. What is the best way to gain a TikTok following when trying to speak about personal development? I want to remain authentic and never go away from that, but it's tough to continuously come up with content while never following the clickbait stuff. Well, hopefully I have a good answer for this, seeing as I have built a following based on personal development and self-improvement. And the first thing that I want to note is that I think it's good that you are focused on authenticity because that to me is the number one thing. The number one rule when it comes to uh, personal development or self-improvement content is don't speak about anything that you don't know. Because what happens is, and I don't know how old you are, what kind of experience you have, um, but nobody wants to hear from somebody that has no idea what they're talking about. I see so often people who watch my content or let's say Andy Frisella's content or uh, Iman Godzi's content or Andrew Tate's content and they decide they want to be self-improvement gurus. And not that I would quantify myself as a self-improvement guru. I actually try to get away from that as much as I possibly can. Um, but, you know, these are like 18, 19-year-old dudes who are fresh out of high school that haven't experienced that thing that are going on the internet telling people how to live their lives. 
And I think that's kind of silly. And I'm sure people view me in that way because I'm 26 years old and, you know, what, what do I know about the world? And I try to make it very clear that I don't speak about anything that I don't know. And uh, I only speak to people that are in the position that I was once in. That's my only objective. I'm not going on here trying to convince people that are 30, 40 years old that have miles and miles of, of distance between me and them. And they have all this experience that I don't have. I'm not sitting here trying to posture like I can tell them how to live their life. That is not my position. That is not my stance. However, there are 16, 17, 18 year old dudes that are going to make a lot of the same mistakes I made. And those are the people that I'm talking to. And now if you are a 25, 26 year old woman watching this, that, that doesn't mean that I'm not talking to you. It just means that like some of the things that I talk about are applicable to you. Um, but when I, when I ask myself, who am I talking to? I'm talking to a past version of myself. Everything that I say in my content is directed towards the version of me that needed to hear what I'm saying. And so that is the only lens that I operate through. I do not try to pretend I'm anything that I'm not. I do not try to, you know, posture as the moral authority on everything, on anything or that I, you know, cause a lot of people think that I'm a business guy. A lot of people think that I teach people how to build businesses. And I never once have said that. I never once have tried to, you know, claim that I was a business coach or anything like that. I think that just because I'm in the self-improvement state space that kind of gets lumped in with the entrepreneur space. And I try to make it very clear, like, dude, I'm not a business guy. So the, the point I'm trying to make here is don't try to be anything you're not. Be as genuine as you possibly can and only speak about what you know. So if you are the person asking this and you are a 17 or 18 year old dude and you're trying to talk about self-improvement and you have not first improved yourself in some way, shape or form, you don't have any results to speak about, then don't speak. Go get the results first. You're not in a position to speak about these things. So that's the first thing that I would say. But moving forward with this answer, I'm going to assume that you are somebody like me where you're, you know, it doesn't matter the age, but you're in a position where you were in a bad spot and now you're in a good spot and you want to teach people the things that you learned along the way. Okay. Let's assume you're that person. The first thing I would say is you, you need to understand what your brand is, right? Your brand is who you are. So you don't want to sit there and try to be me. You don't want to sit there and try to be Andy. You don't want to sit there and try to be, uh, uh, Andrew Tate. You don't want to sit there and try to be anyone but yourself. Because as Gary Vaynerchuk says, you are the niche, right? Get people interested in you. Because ultimately, if, if people are only interested in the content you make and the, the meta on content switches, meaning like if, it go, if, you, if you make TikToks and the meta goes to podcasts, people don't really care about you anymore if, if, if all they followed you for is your TikToks, right? Does that make sense? Like, if your type of content goes out of style, then your brand disappears. But if you get people interested in you, it doesn't matter if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing TikToks, if you're making um, you know, YouTube videos, it doesn't matter if you are talking on the radio or doing a, 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 an event on stage. People want to listen to you because they trust you, they trust your opinions, they trust what you believe about the world, and they want to listen to you speak. And that's, that is the mark of a good personal brand when they care about you and not just the type of video that you make. So 
And the only way to do that is to understand that a brand is fundamentally the values that you possess, what you believe about the world. And the content you make, the coaching programs you sell, the product you sell, whatever it is, right? Whatever, whatever you are sending out into the world as value, all that is, is a vehicle to express your beliefs and values, right? So if you believe that, you know, people should have, people should be in shape. If that's something that you believe about the world, people should be in shape. Then your, then your products and your services and your content should express that value. Meaning you sell fitness programs that actually work. Meaning you sell supplements that actually work, that actually get people in shape. You make content that actually provides value that helps people get in shape, right? So you understand everything stems from that why. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of stealing from Simon Sinek. I think that's how you say his name, where he says, start with why. And um, if you operate from that perspective, then it's just about figuring out this, the content that works right now, which is the least important thing. It's the least important thing because a lot of people focus on, okay, what content works right now? And then you're, you're going to be like a cat chasing its tail because what works right now is not going to be what works in a week. What works right now is not going to be what works in six months. And so if your entire brand is just copying whatever works, this is why I always say like, if you focus on trends and I don't mean like the micro trends, I'm sorry, I don't mean the macro trends, like a macro trend would be like podcasting or short form content. That's a macro trend, right? That's something that's going to be around for a while before it switches. A micro trend would be like this particular song is popular right now, or this particular type of TikTok is going around right now. That's a micro trend. If you rely on micro trends to build your following, then you don't have a brand. You have a page where you make content. There's a difference. And so those people are like a cat chasing its tail because they're not interested in you. They're interested in the way that you do trends. And so as soon as you stop doing those trends or as soon as the game switches to something else, then you're kind of screwed because people aren't interested in you. But if you operate from your beliefs and your values and you, and you express who you are and you are as authentic as you possibly can be and you can get people to buy into you and not the content you make necessarily, then it doesn't matter where the game switches because people are interested in you, right? If you can, the, I think the mark of a real good personal brand, like the top level personal brand is, can you get banned on every single platform and still have people looking for you? Can you get banned on every single platform and still have people trying to figure out where they can go to hear you speak? There are examples of this. Joe Rogan goes exclusively to Spotify Everyone flocks to Spotify to go listen to Joe Rogan speak because they are, they are bought into him. If Jordan Peterson got kicked off the internet tomorrow, people would go try to find where he is. Andrew Tate got kicked off the internet, got canceled. The Matrix, uh, the Matrix attack. People went to Rumble to go hear him speak. 1.4 million people went to Rumble to go hear him speak. When he got reinstated on Twitter, 7 million people followed him. 1 million in the first 24 hours. That is a powerful brand. So get people to buy into you. Now, we could talk about the ins and outs of, and the tactics and you know what short-form content strategy now it works right now, works. But whatever I say right now, it could be false in 10 days. It could completely change in 10 days. The algorithm could change tomorrow and I could give you some advice that doesn't work anymore. So what I would suggest you to do 
is go to notmatgram.com, join Better Brands, join the community where we talk about stuff like that. We talk about the ins and the outs of content strategy. And um, so that, that can be found at Not Matt Graham. But hopefully I gave you some value as far as crafting a brand and trying to figure out the best moves for um, personal branding that's actually going to create a brand that lasts a better brand, so to speak. So hope that answers your question. Uh, that's the final question for today. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got some value out of it. Please be sure to share uh, the podcast if you got some value out of it. It really would help me a lot if you did that. Um, if you're not going to contribute you know, in any other way, just please, at the very least, share it if you got value out of it. You know, Share the link on Instagram stories, uh, send it to a friend, whatever you, whatever you got to do. If you got value out of it, give it a share. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.